0: Do, 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 All right, here we go. My name is Todd Adams. And this is
1: Kathy Adams. Welcome
0: back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number 222, sweetie. That's 222. 222. <laughs> two, two, two. <laughs> Zen Parenting Radio disu- is a discussion between a spiritual and emotional mom and a logical and practical dad. We have three daughters, ages 7, 10, and 11, and our goal is to give you the resources to become a better parent. But more importantly, to become a better you. And always remember that our motto is that the best predictor of a child's well being is a parent's self-understanding. Or, or my
1: new motto. In, I, is this
0: taking the place of our old no, motto? No,
1: it's just going to go alongside. Okay. Um, is that I'm reading this uh, book, another uh, Daniel Siegel book, and it's uh, called Interpersonal Neurobiology, The Pocket Guide
0: <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to
1: Interpersonal Neurobiology. A lot of
0: big words. And
1: I talked about this in a previous show because it's taking me a long time to get through it because yeah. it's very language heavy and I'm trying to learn about the brain. But one of the quotes that he says that I said, that's it is awareness, our self-awareness allows us to take, and I just said it perfectly a second ago, Yeah, allows us to make choices about our behavior. Mm. So many times people say things to me like, well, that's just how I did it, or I just yell, or I can't help it, or how do I stop it, or I can't. Self-awareness is the first step to making new choices in your behavior. If you are not aware of what you're feeling or aware of what's happening in your brain or your mind or your emotions, there's no way to make a different choice. You just go to this autopilot response. Because we're human
0: beings who most of the time fall into a pattern Of behavior. Right. Right?
1: Absolutely. So the
0: way to evolve. And
1: not only a pattern, not only are some of the things habits. Familiar patterns. Familiar patterns, but it's brain-specific patterns. Meaning when you understand how your brain works, you naturally, if you're in this emotion, you go into fight or flight. Mm -hmm. And if you don't take a conscious... if you don't, if you're not conscious of what's happening in your brain, it's very difficult to override that impulse. But if you have an understanding of what you're feeling and why you're triggered, then you you make space for a different choice. Just a little bit of space. Just a little sliver. So why that's so important is for people who say, I can't change, or there's nothing I can do, or that's just what I do, or this is what happens when I get angry. Understanding yourself better gives you space to do things differently.
0: If there was an element of self-awareness in your life, you would no longer be able to say, this is just the way I am.
1: Exactly. And you could maybe be accepting of this is what I typically do. Yeah. But, and this is why this is important because I think when I started my self awareness journey or just not only for myself but studying it, it was kind of a woo-woo thing mm-hmm. like uh, you know people would call it navel gazing mm-hmm. or you know it's all about being introspective and you know spirituality and it's bigger than that you guys if you want to make changes in your life if you want even though that is essentially important and that started my path what i've learned is that it's it's part spiritual soulful, and then there's a science there is an understanding of the way our brain works and why understanding ourselves can lead to change and how if we don't even take the time to notice why and how and where and when we do things, then there's no way to shift our, our, pre- our experiences. We're going to keep doing the same thing. And you know, as you guys may know, um, the definition of insanity in some cultures is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. You can't do the same thing over and over again and different, get a different result unless an outside factor comes in. But you got to hope for that. And the
0: outside factor is Send
1: Parenting Radio. Send Parenting
0: Radio <laughs> and practicing self awareness. So, yeah. Okay.
1: So thank you for that.
0: You're welcome. So uh, the, our first partner is Dr. John Kelly. He is uh, my dentist and my three daughters' dentist and your dentist, sweetie. Yes. He, um, he does comprehensive dentistry, but specifically to uh, girls. Or boys who are getting into the braces part of their life.
1: So They're starting to, yeah, it's starting to about t- straightening teeth. And yes,
0: yes. So he's your man. So uh, his website is chicagodentistonline.com. He has kind of a different way of treating it, uh, which helps um, other layers.
1: It's of a, all about natural alignment of the body rather than just retracting the teeth.
0: Thank you very much. Yeah. Um, so the number is 773 631 6844. So here's our highlights for today's show. We're going to talk about the case for free-range parenting. Okay. Uh, we're going to talk about milkshakes. Okay. You mm. like you like milkshakes?
1: I like milkshakes,
0: and that's a personal story that I'm going to share. I hope that Kathy doesn't get mad at me because she doesn't want me to throw my kids under the bus. No,
1: but. I don't. I don't think at this point in our show, um, not not just this show, but the show as a whole. I think it's more about you and I, mm-hmm. our experiences. And sometimes how our kids relate to it, but it's not about sharing our kids' personal experiences.
0: Exactly.
1: Uh-oh. You're... Um, <laughs> so,
0: um, so I'll start with the milkshakes, and then we will get on to the case for free-range Okay, go ahead. So uh, you were in Kansas City this weekend. Correct. So I was on. And... I went to
1: see Maroon 5.
0: Yeah, what song do they sing?
1: What do you mean, what song do they sing? They have like 100 great songs. And here's what I'll say about Maroon 5. So That's
0: Adam Levine. It
1: is Adam Levine. And I went with uh, three of my best friends from college. We had a ball. And I knew it was going to be a good show. Yeah, there you go.
0: Did they sing this?
1: They did. This was their last song.
0: Um, I don't know any of these songs. Sure
1: you do. Right.
0: What about uh, this one? This is called Moves Like Jagger. Oh,
1: I don't think they know that. They've probably never heard this son.
0: Is he talking about Mick?
1: Yeah, Moves Like Jagger.
0: Does Mick get any money for that? I don't know. Me neither.
1: Um, so here's what I'll say about Maroon 5. They, okay, so they came out. First of all, they're very—they're such a band. Like they've known each other since they were in middle school. Oh. Okay, so like when he was introducing everybody, he's like, "This is my buddy from seventh grade. We started a band. We were the biggest geeks in the world." And then everyone else, they, he's known him since they was in tenth grade, eleventh grade. So they've been around for a long time. Isn't that
0: kind of like Bon Jovi-ish. It is very Bon Jovi-ish,
1: and just like how Bon Jovi is the quarterback, <laughs> <laughs> we make fun of Bon Jovi for saying this—the quarterback of the team. I think Adam Levine is the quarterback of his team. But anyway. He came out and they just started singing and they went from one song to the next to the next and I knew they had a lot of songs but I was like wow because there were so many and he he stopped a few times just to introduce the band or to say something but it was an old fashioned rock show yeah like there was no there was no soliloquies like, there was no technology like all these you know fireworks and like shows and yeah. screens just and the music it was just music and they can do it man he was. Good. So,
0: Does he play the guitar?
1: He did. He didn't for many of the songs, but some of the songs he put his guitar on.
0: Did he have a beard?
1: It, you know what he Doesn't looks like. Doesn't he always like. have like that yeah. shaved beard thing? He d- it's, it's called a, like a shadow. Like a
0: five o'clock five shadow? O'clock sh- I was
1: going to say nine o'clock. Five I, o'clock shadow. I
0: could do a five o'clock shadow, except I get these big patches of non-shadow.
1: Todd's still working on growing his beard.
0: I'm only 42, sweetie. (laughs) It'll happen. Give it a little time. Okay.
1: You and Adam Levine.
0: So I had a weekend and it was a really good weekend with my daughters. But, you know, sometimes when you don't have your partner around and God bless all the single parents out there, your emotional bank account, a lot of withdrawals. Your fuse. Your fuse. fuse, A little shorter. (laughs) So we're at Sam's Club. Okay. And one of my daughters... Uh, wants to sit in the front seat. Uh, actually, two of my daughters want to sit in the front seat. Okay. So there's some bartering going on. And one of my daughters... Bartered,
1: said, negotiating, or arguing? Is it really bartering?
0: No, it's negotiating. Okay. So my one daughter says to the other one, if you, get, if you give me the front seat, I'll give you my milkshake. And the other one's wow. like... Wow. The other one's like, sweet. I'm in. I'll do it. Okay. And then the one that just offered it rescinded the <gasps> offer. No. So I'm a man. And you I and Don Miguel Ruiz, what does he say about our word? Um,
1: uh, he says be that in, be impeccable with your word.
0: Be impeccable with your word. That's one of the four agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Yeah. And one of my daughters just completely did the opposite of uh-huh. that.
1: She used words to get what she wanted rather than to follow through. Yeah.
0: And uh, so I pulled the old, well, daughter, you uh, you offered this, you got to follow through with it that's right that's kind of the rules mm-hmm. and she didn't want to give it up mm. and i pulled the oh well we're not leaving this parking lot until you follow through with what you said mm. like i'm totally like doing a and i don't do that usually i'm pretty malleable or go well, with the flow well,
1: yeah well you you're open to lots of different ways to converse about it
0: but i said listen this is a big part of being a, a, a respectable human being is not not
1: rescinding your rescinding
0: word, your word. And she's like, I, I don't want to give it up. I'm like, well, we're not leaving. So then what happened?
1: You sat there.
0: I sat there. And I don't
1: know the story. You're telling me this for the first time. Then you
0: called me. And what did I say? You said, I'm at home. I can't get in the house.
1: Oh, so that was right before I got home. Yeah. So what'd you do?
0: Well, I was ready to sit there forever, but I wasn't about to let you sit there without being able to get in the house, So I left. So how'd you solve it? I didn't. Oh. But the last thing I said before, I I did apply some guilt, some okay. fatherly that guilt. That works. I said, I am really frustrated that you didn't follow through with what you said. Mm. That's what I, that's all I did. And then I left. It. So on my way home, which is about five minutes from Sam's Club, I was thinking in my head, what am I? How am I? How am I going to tie these loose ends up mm, nice. that were just? And then I realized she got the point. Yeah. She got it. Uh-huh. Like I was trying to conjure up how am I going to make sure she understands what I'm saying? How am I going to pi- tie this up into a pretty bow? And I didn't. She knows that that it's a big deal to do what she did. Correct. So I just I didn't say anything anymore. And my point is I feel like as a parent sometimes we like want to just make everything perfect. And the end of this story isn't perfect. It's kind of messy.
1: Well, they they often are and it's interesting because you here's the difference for parents. A lot of times
0: Now first, do you think I threw any of
1: our kids under the no, bus? Is no, that okay? No, no, no. No, because I think that's a very normal kid experience yeah. and we're not even talking about specifically who and what and where. But here's the thing. We often with our kids We have an end outcome that we want. Like you wanted her to share the Yes, exactly. And so you were at first pushing for the end outcome regardless of how she felt about it or if she learned anything or understood why that end outcome needed to occur. And that's what we do when we force a kid to say sorry. Yes. When they're not sorry. Yes,
0: I could have forced her. Right. But I didn't. Right. So I guess that part I but the so was it bad when I said I'm very frustrated no, at you?
1: No. But is it the truth?
0: What if I said I'm very disappointed I didn't say no, this but what it disappointed
1: is I think disappointed in that choice. But not disappointed in in you. you. Okay. And And why is that a difference? Because disappointed in you sounds like something about overall, I'm disappointed in who you are. Disappointed in your choice is this thing that's happening right now in front of me, I'm disappointed that this is happening. Because you have to help your children maintain their sense of self, meaning they're going to have failures and make poor choices and disappoint you sometimes. And you don't want it to be about them. It's like the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is I did something wrong, Mm -hmm. shame is I. I am wrong. Mm-hmm. So you want to help keep that separation yeah. between you. I'm not disappointed in you and as a person. Yeah. I'm disappointed in this choice right mm-hmm. here. So you're you've got your eye on the issue rather than, oh my gosh, you're just the worst kid.
0: Well you know? Now here's the follow up. I, I chose to not ignore, I chose to let the let story go. go. Okay. Um did you notice that this daughter yes. was all now about I understand. wanting to be with me? Yes, and uh, I think that was her way of acknowledging reconnecting. Reconnecting. or reconnecting. Yes,
1: she wanted to. It, she it, wanted
0: to go play basketball with right. me. She
1: wanted to reengage what is val- important to her. Yeah and the thing when she, when i now know when she came in the door she gave me a hug and i thought she was sick again cause, you know yeah. and i said oh honey are you sick mm-hmm. and she said no and i said are you okay and she kind of nodded i said do you want to talk about it and she said later mm-hmm. now i asked her later and she said no i'm fine like by then it, the whole energy of it is dissipated mm-hmm. probably because she reconnected with you right we did because she was able to but to your point she did get the message but here's the thing with kids you guys brain development wise mm-hmm. We think when we tell them, okay, I don't want you to do that, do something different. Their natural instinct is defensiveness and holding their ground.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: They don't want to give in, Which right? Which is what she was doing. Right. But then when you give them space between that, and meaning you you say, okay, you know, and again, they're, we're just talking about this specific right. situation. Right. Obviously, you guys know if they're about to take your car, then, you know, maybe you can't walk away. Yeah. You have to somehow get the keys. But- In that moment with this situation, you can walk away from it and let her process Mm -hmm. what just happened. And what she processed was she didn't feel good about it. Mm -hmm. And she wanted to, what's most important to her, her relationship with you. So she figured out a way to reconnect. Now, what I would say to you, though, is I would circle back and have this conversation. Not to reopen the wound and say, I am disappointed again, but to say, let's talk about the milkshake thing again. Bring up the four agreements. Say, one thing that I hold really dear is to be impeccable with your word. What impeccable means is when you say something, follow through. Because if you don't, honey, people will not trust you. Mm-hmm. you get instead of explaining why they're so bad give them the understanding of why this is important in the bigger scheme not just to you mm-hmm. but to the world if you lie people won't trust
0: see there's a part of me like I probably will have the conversation yeah. but I don't really want to because I don't I certainly don't like feeling frustrated or disappointed in the choices that my daughter makes and if and when I have this conversation again it's going to bring that back up for both of us.
1: Not if you don't bring it in. See, if you go in still thinking you have to make her agree and that she better understand or that you're still angry, if you go back into the discussion with the same emotion, but if you go to her bed at night or tomorrow and you say, listen, I wanted to tell you something because I know it's totally over, the milkshake whatever, and it's over. Mm. But what I wanted to explain to you that you and I weren't able to talk about because I was frustrated and you were frustrated was why being true to your word is important. Mm. So you take it off the milkshake, you you, you take it out of that context and you allow and and she may say, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she's then at least you're bringing it full circle because right now the dangling ends are not, the loose ends that you're talking about are not about forcing her to do something, it's about the conversation hasn't been closed. Yeah, And it could be a two-minute conversation. Right,
0: yeah. And uh, I don't know. I think the reason I didn't have it yesterday is because we started to roll. You know what I mean? Yeah, she
1: was connecting back. We
0: were reconnecting. So I didn't want to like bring up something to disconnect again, you know?
1: Well, and you know, Todd, honestly, I I will say this because we were just having a talk with, uh, we just did a a tape to show before this with Roman, Mm -hmm. say his last name.
0: Chris Newton.
1: We, do, we don't We do do a good job saying is that name. Chris Narek. Chris Narek. And he is like a total expert on empathy, and we just love him dearly. And he talks about the importance of empathy, and he talks about um, what's called the platinum rule, which is do unto others as they would have done to them yeah. versus do unto others as you would have done to right. you because maybe they don't want what you, what you would have done to you. What I mean by that is I like to close conversations with con- – with con- or I like to close challenges with conversation. Mm-hmm. Maybe that doesn't work for you.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think I'll probably say something to her. Do you
1: feel like there's loose ends? Because if you feel like it's all tied up. I don't up. know. I feel like
0: she, know, she knows the I was disappointed was in her choice. Yeah. I, I, but I haven't quite explained why it's important to be impeccable with your word. So right. maybe that's something I should do.
1: And also, when we're explaining, especially to our children who are getting into those pre-adolescent years and the teenage years, again, part of their brain development is holding that ground and having their own opinion. Uh, like a lot of psychology, you know, a lot of people in our my line of work of being a therapist will say that three-year-olds and thirteen-year-olds are very similar mm-hmm. because they're trying to break away and have their own. Yeah. This is the way I look at it. This is the way I see it. And we have to have respect for that autonomy. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they just want their own opinion, not because it's right, but just because it's different than yours.
0: Yeah. And I guess I should, um, yeah. I, so I think I'll talk to her. I yeah. think I'll talk to her. But
1: in a very light, you could even take her out to play basketball yeah. and say, yeah. if I make this shot, I'm going to explain to you what, it, you know, I don't yeah, yeah. know. I don't want to make it up for right. you. Okay. But, you know, I think that I just, I kind of feel like, realness, I, I'm such a fan of authenticity authenticity, and not hiding things and not pretending things are a certain way and you know, sweeping things under the rug. I think it's such a disservice, not just to our children, but to us. Mm-hmm. Like the, the experience that I have had over and over again, especially in the last three or four years as I've developed my own bravery around authenticity, is the more I can speak the way I feel to people, truthfully, I'm free. Mm-hmm. It's not about them changing their behavior. Yeah. It's not about me getting my way. It's about me being able to say what I feel and then it's gone. Yeah, let it go. Are you going to play let it go again? No. Okay.
0: So our second partner is uh, Dr. Kelly from the Tree of Life Chiropractic Clinic. Uh, The website is chirotree.com. Dr. Kelly adjusts me and my whole family. Uh, twice a month, and she's really awesome. So the number is 630-941-8733. Go ahead and give her a call and tell her that Zen Parenting sent you and that Zen Parenting loves you. Yes, right, sweetie? we do. All right, so the bulk of the show is going to be talking about this blog that I found.
1: No, you didn't find it.
0: You, uh, Jerry, Jerry found it. Jerry found it. Thank yeah. you, Jerry. Um, the name of it is called The Case for Free-Range Parenting by a guy named Clemens Worgen. Clemens.
1: And it was in the New York Times. Can I say something— Thank That's for you Clemens. Clemens. What I want to say first, though, about the title yeah. is one thing that is kind of a, a teeny pet peeve of mine yeah. is labeling something as a certain type of parenting. Yeah. I think we have to be more open than that. Like this is about what it means to allow our kids to have some freedom. Hmm. But I'm not going to walk around now saying I'm a free range parent yeah. or I'm this kind of parent, I'm that kind of parent because it's very limiting.
0: Any label is probably bad yeah. except for Zen parenting. <laughs> zen parenting is like the perfect label. For you. And by the way, thank you to all our listeners for subscribing to our uh, website.
1: Yes, they're not subscribing to our website. Subscribing
0: to our website.
1: (laughs) You go to our website. Go to our website. You subscribe.
0: To to
1: what? our newsletters, our podcasts, and any events we're having. So if you want to stay in touch with things we're doing, if you're like, oh, I didn't know about that because I get a lot of emails like, I didn't know you were doing this or that, subscribe and Mm. you will get newsletters and updates. Okay.
0: Very good. Thank you, sweetie, for helping me do that promotion. So will you want to summarize what this guy is saying?
1: So this, this article in the New York Times that my friend Jerry sent to us is about the whole idea of allowing our kids to have some freedom because what's happened... In the last, I don't know, however many years, 20 years, 10 years, basically after our childhood, is we've become so overprotective of our children. Adam Walsh. Do you think that's what it is? That's when it started for me.
0: When When when
1: Adam was taken. Yes.
0: And they got the footage of it.
1: When you say it happened for you, we were barely teenagers. I remember
0: watching that movie with my parents. Remember the movie? Oh, I remember the movie. What was it called? Finding Adam?
1: Finding Adam, something like that. Ugh. It wasn't Finding Adam. It was no. Losing Adam or something. Look it up. So John Walsh, that was his son, and then he ended up being the host of America's Most Wanted. Yeah. So I don't know where it began, but we are now at a point where our children, we feel like we need to have our eye on them 24-7, and we don't trust our children roaming or being free. The name
0: of the movie is called Adam.
1: Just Adam. 1983.
0: Okay. I was 11 years old. Yeah, I was
1: going to say we were kids, 11 years old. Um, yeah, it freaked me out. So, part of the reason that we don't allow our kids to have any freedom to go to the park by themselves or walk down the street or ride their bike somewhere is because we fear these kind of situations like this one in Adam that some stranger danger guy mm-hmm. or girl is going to take our child, abduct them, and then we're going to live this, you know, life like that we see in the movies. The thing that. We And we've discussed this on the show before, but statistically, the probability of that is so ridiculously low.
0: Many cited fear of abduction, even though crime rates have declined significantly. The most recent in-depth study found that in 1999, only 115 children nationwide's, nationwide were victims of a stereotypical kidnapping by a stranger. The overwhelming majority... Or abducted by a family member.
1: So, why that's important is, for example, for those of you who have Amber alerts on your phone, which I think we all do, right? Mm-hmm. I'm sometimes with my children when I get an Amber alert mm-hmm. and they will say, What is that? What's happening? And I am very forthcoming with my children that the majority of the time, I mean, the vast majority of the time that we get an Amber alert, it is not a stranger. Yeah. that has abducted a child. It is a family member, mm-hmm. like the father or the mother or the aunt or the uncle that has maybe picked up this child from school or taken this child, or there's a custody agreement and there's a misunderstanding, yeah. a miscommunication. And that is why the majority of Amber Alerts are released. And I say that to my girls just because I don't want them thinking that every time we can't find a child, it's this stranger danger. Right. you know, And that doesn't mean, you guys. I, I want to be very clear. That doesn't mean these things don't exist. Todd just said in 1999. Yeah, I
0: don't know why they go back to 99. He I wish said that's
1: would... the last. Re- that's the last recent in-depth study,
0: which is 16 years ago. But anyways, in 1999, and he does this to draw a comparison. That same year, 2,931 children under 15. 15- died as passengers in car accidents. So the point is, it's more dangerous for your for your kids to get in the car with you than it is for them to walk around the neighborhood by themselves.
1: That's right. So what we are doing now is we drive our kids everywhere. We don't give them any freedom to walk anywhere, yet it's more dangerous for them to be in the car. And I'm not saying that so you're afraid of driving your car. It's so you can open your mind and your heart to the idea that your child walking somewhere may not be as big of an issue as you think and why this is important is our kids are suffering Mm -hmm. because we are keeping them indoors all the time. Yeah. Yeah. We are not letting them go to the park. We are not letting them go to a friend's house unless we drop them off. We are not letting them walk to school. And it's interesting. You and I just had this conversation with Cameron. Friday. Cameron has been asking to walk home by herself.
0: This is what happened. Friday, she gets in the car. She's like, daddy, I want to walk home. I need some alone time. Yes. And first of all, she never says that to me. At least, this is the first time she's ever said, I want to walk home alone. Right. And I'm like, sorry, kid. Right. You're coming with me. And then she said something about her mom, blah, blah, blah. But I, she got in the car with me. Yes. I would not permit her to do that. Because
1: usually, if she walks home, she walks home with her friend, Ann.
0: And that's what I said. I said, if you're with a friend, no problem. Right. And then she asked, why not? Why yes. not? Why yes. Why not? And I don't know how to answer that without scaring the bejesus out of her. Right. How do I answer well, that?
1: Well, you know, I kind of kept it, because she asked me the same question, yeah. is I said, it's just one of those safety rules. It's one of those things like you wear a helmet when you're on a bike. Are you always going to fall and hit your head? No, but you do.
0: But She's digging. She's digging, but see, she's saying, "Why is it a safety rule?"
1: Right, because if anything were to happen—anything from falling down on the ground and cutting your leg to having somebody you don't know talk to you—there's safety in numbers. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something that I've heard my whole life, including when I was in college and I was a grown woman. You don't walk home from a bar by yourself. Yeah. You don't walk home down Greek Street by mm-hmm. yourself. You know, you safety in numbers. And so, I tell her this not because I never think she's ever going to be alone, because the same day. Or actually, it wasn't the same day because she was asking me this on Sunday. But three days before that, she said to me, Mom, can I go ride my bike around the neighborhood? I said, Absolutely. Mm. She said, How far can I go? I said, You know, where do you want to go? Mm. You know, my question was to her, I want to go here. Okay, ride around and come back. I didn't watch her out the window. I, she was just gone. Yeah. And, you know, there are times when there is a sense of comfort for me about, I understand wanting to be alone. I'm very much like that. And I will create situations for her where she can be alone, but we're not super far from school, Mm -hmm. but we're far enough from Mm -hmm. school that um, I would, I'm more comfortable with her walking with a friend.
0: Well, and we need to talk about the expansiveness of if you're comfortable letting your child, you know, roam the neighborhood with a friend or whatever, it is so healthy. Like, and I I, I don't know how to say this without sounding like an old fuddy-duddy, but we would bail in the morning and we get home at night. Right. Parents wouldn't know where right. we went. They
1: wouldn't know what house I was and at. And what a
0: wonderful, like we would go to the forest and, you know, play, you know, whatever, play all these stupid games. And the the freedom I had, I feel like was a contributor to my ability to understand the world. Right. And now I'm a dad and I feel like... I'm not letting my girls nearly the amount of freedom that I was given.
1: Not even close to what we had. Right. And, and it's interesting because we know we had Dr. Uh, John Duffy on a couple of weeks ago on conversations with people we love. And one of the things he said that's really important for our, our preteens and our teenagers is competence and resilience. Mm-hmm. And it's very difficult to build confidence or competence and resilience if you're always with your parents. You can't. You can't. And so we have to monitor our fear alongside what alongside the best interest of our children. What I mean by that is that I'm not saying okay, now just let your kids go all day and not know where they are, but you also have to let go of the reins a little bit yeah. to allow them to have some experiences. Right. Even if it's that – because like we have a lot of friends who live in Chicago and that can be really difficult in Chicago when you live off of Ashland. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Or if you live off of Belmont because these are really crazy streets and there's lots of people and there's cars. And so they may not have the same amount of freedom as a kid who lives in Elmhurst. Um, So I understand it's going to be different for every family but we really – the reason my friend Jerry sent this to me is he said – he wrote in his email, this is the kind of kid I was. I got to go to my friend's house and go here and there, and I didn't have a phone, and you know. And this is the kind of child I want to raise. I want to raise them in a world where – or I want to raise them in a way where they can experience the world. Yeah. Now, what comment people will say is, but the world is different. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is where I struggle because statistically, we're safer. Yes. When you look at statistics, there are less children – who are harmed and less children who are abducted and so forth. But people will then take that and say either one of two things. That's because I never let my kid out anymore. So I'm doing Uh, a service or they'll say, um, Oh, what was the other thing they will say? Oh gosh, there was, there was another comment that I always get back when I say that. mm. But the truth is, is that that statistic is so low. Yeah, the amount of kids like we always get these emails about a child will report that somebody pulled up and said hello, yeah. or someone said you're pretty, yeah. or do you want some candy? I don't know if they really say you want some candy, but that was the old thing when we were kids. <laughs> You want some candy? It was
0: always about the candy. It was
1: always about the candy that we would actually go take that candy. Um, And those things can be real. Like, I'm not denying that these experiences are happening, but we're putting that and having that equal abduction and molestation. Mm. Those don't necessarily – they're not necessarily all connected. Do we need to be thoughtful and do we need to tell our kids to not talk to this person and to tell an adult? Absolutely. I'm all about teaching our kids. Yeah. But we've – we decided already for them that the world is an unsafe place yeah. and we don't let them have any experiences. And that's the other thing that makes... I read uh, in my, my book of Awakening today, Mark Nepo's book, it was something about if something in your life is broken, that doesn't mean the world is a broken place. Hmm. Sometimes we see the world through the eyes of our own pain right. and our own fear. And although we need to be thoughtful... And we need to be wise and trust our intuition and our gut. We don't want to do that and keep our kids from experiencing life.
0: I know this is like one of the biggest tricky balanced things out there, I know. and I have to step outside of my own comfort zone to you know and like you said every ver- there's so many, variables. so many variables where do you live? How old are your kids? how how competent are your kids the more competent they are the smarter they are in dealing with certain situations the longer leash you'll let them have right. and the thing is how do you how does that leash get longer by having them have more experiences a little
1: at a time yeah. a little like todd has been working with our youngest on riding her bike She's doing a great job by the way, yeah good job Dan and good job to her um and but now she'll say to me, can I go out and ride by myself and she's seven, but I say yes because she's been working on this, and I can if I look out the window, I can see where she is mm. and I also again here's a here's a variable I do trust my street, yeah, meaning I live at kind of a dead end street and i and I really like my neighbors, so i and, and that's not a false sense of security. That to me helps me give her some freedom. Right. So I know not everybody has that variable, but I want to have her go outside and ride her bike. Because what's the alternative, you guys? A movie? An iPad? I know. I mean, I what do we want? And our girls, our two oldest, wanted to ride their bikes downtown. Yeah. And we said yes. No problem. No problem. Especially because were with some friends and. I want them to ride their bikes downtown. I used to ride my bike across town. I, when I lived in DeKalb, um, there was this road called Sycamore Road, so busy, kind of like our North Avenue or mm. maybe even more busy. And I would ride my ba- bike all the way across town to our to our pool. Yeah. And I'd ride my bike in seventh grade on that street. And there was experiences. There were things that I developed and learned because of that. Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's one of those things. You just have to kind of slowly let a little more
1: leash out, right? And see how they handle it. And when they don't handle it well, when they make a poor choice, there's a pull back in Mm -hmm. of discussion, commentary. This is why this isn't working, or how can we do this differently? And then you got to let it back out.
0: Well, and they'll build on it, like the metaphor, like this weekend. uh, I think Skylar, you know, we're not in the the whole, uh, you know, with J.C. I think I'm like okay. Today you're going to learn how to ride your bike. Right. Well, we don't do that anymore. Right? They tell us. Right. So Skyler came home last week. She's like, "I want to ride my bike without training wheels."
1: Right. Because she, I think she was empowered by her friend. Yeah,
0: Jessica started yeah. riding. So I said, "No problem." Um, so we worked on it for like ten minutes one day, and she sucked at it. Mm-hmm. And then we, she
1: was in the process of learning. And
0: Then ten <laughs> minutes the next day, she sucked less. <laughs> and then the third day, she was riding. Same thing, same metaphor goes for this thing is you give them a little bit and then you bring it back in,
1: help them practice, evaluate.
0: And then give them a little bit more. Right. Because, you know, this metaphor, you can carry it through when they're 16 and they get their driver's license. Right. Or they're start going, they start going to parties with their friends where you don't know if the parents are going to be home.
1: So it's not only a practice for them, it's a practice for us. Yeah. And while we need to be thoughtful about all the things that could happen, this is like uh, the parenthood thing with the catching the ball, the thing that we, uh, your yeah. sister posted.
0: You made me play second base?
1: No, not you made me play second base, but what if he dropped? it oh, he didn't yeah what if he did he didn't yeah. see the thing is is we have to look at both what if something happened what if something doesn't happen what if, because the truth about life is there's no certainty you know and so we try and create certainty by keeping our kids always on a leash or in our backyard or never letting them go places or monitoring everything and monitoring their phone and doing all these things but then by doing that we harm their sense of self right So we have to find a a balance in there, and it's going to be different depending on your variables. There is no easy solution. Nope. Um, That's why I don't like to call things like you're either a free-range parent or you're not, because everyone's doing the best they can with the variables they have. Um, But we have to keep our mind open and acknowledge our own fear and try to not put that on our children. Carry your own bags. That's right. Right, sweetie? Always. Uh,
0: Anything else you want to talk about regarding this? No,
1: but you'll post this article so people can – Yeah, it will be in the show notes. The reason that it kind of – caught well, it caught Jerry's eye, but the reason it caught my eye is because I noticed that there's been a few things in the paper lately or on internet lately about uh, parents being arrested or uh, police officers coming to their door. That's right. Parent, um, because children were allowed to do some free roaming, mm-hmm. meaning there was a kid at a park by himself. So the parent found out who those – so the person who saw the kid found out who the parents were and then called the police and said they were being negligent. Right. And that's getting a little crazy. Yeah. Now there are times when parents are literally negligent. They leave their kids at home for ten hours at a time, and you know, or let or don't know where they are ever. But allowing a a child to have some freedom, and us as adults, instead of looking at all the things their parents are doing wrong, why don't we take a village approach? And if that kid falls, then we help them. Or if you know, we used to kind of. Take not take care of, but we used to kind of just be more villagey about, Mm. oh, there's a child here. If they're hurt, I'll help them. But now it's how can I totally get on their parent for them not, you know, being here with that child.
0: Everybody's pointing fingers. Well,
1: maybe that's our own resentment that we're there with our child. That we would like them to have a little more freedom, that we're we're tired of. How come they get away with it? Yeah, how come they can do it and I can't? Who knows? I don't know why people call the police on other parents when it's really not that necessary. But Sometimes it is, sometimes it isn't. That's right. I mean, you know, there are times when I've seen things and I'm like, whoa, you know.
0: file that one under W for whoa. Whoa. Um, Sweetie, what about the Empowerment Project? Oh, yeah. May 18th, a Monday. It's a parent-daughter date night in Elmhurst, Illinois. Um, Seven o'clock. And it is a documentary about seven stories? No,
1: it's it's, uh, five five girls who created a documentary team. And they're all in their 20s, and they all have, like, you know, they are the ones making this movie. They're the filmmakers. And they, like you said, they went around the country and they um, filmed women, ordinary women, who are doing extraordinary things, amazing jobs, doing things that they love. And um, we just don't have a light shined on people you know what we see of women in this culture in the media is not always positive correct and so this is an opportunity moms dads make it a date night with your daughter this is something to fill their soul
0: so you can look at the trailer on our show notes or you, and you can purchase your tickets we've actually started uh, ticket sales yeah they have already to, selling started to roll a little bit so uh, that's Monday May 18th 7 o'clock and I think it's 9 bucks a ticket mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. so um, and then uh, what about promotions, sweetie you want to add anything
1: just my books um, go to com and click store or com, click store or you can go to Amazon um, my books the self-aware parent self-aware parent 2 living what you want your kids to learn the power of self-aware
0: parenting and don't forget, if you um, shop on Amazon, do us a favor and go to our website first and use the Amazon link on our page. And if you buy something by first clicking on our link, we will get a small chunk of that, and it'll go towards our next uh, community film
1: screening, community screening, or toward our some bigger events we're planning. That's right. Yeah.
0: When are we going to drop that information?
1: Um, soon, but not now.
0: When will then be now, soon. sweetie?
1: Soon. That's
0: right. Um, So I'm going to cue the music up and give you a second to um, have some words of wisdom.
1: Um, I'm going to say, again, as I said at the beginning of this show, awareness allows you to make better choices or different choices. Basically what that means is when you are feeling stuck, the more that you can understand why and how you do things, the more accessibility you have to a new choice. So never shy away from noticing yourself and recognizing why you do things because it'll make your life a lot easier
0: oh well, that was a mouthful thank you um avid company painting and remodeling throughout the chicagoland area 630-956-1800 avidco.net and uh just keep keep trucking keep trucking adios have
1: a good week bye